Well, welcome to Mission View. My name's Matt. Um, I'm the lead pastor here. Um, have you guys ever heard what a dirge is? Have you heard the word dirge? It's an old term that's used for a song that is in minor key and sung um, in that sad vein. Uh, the dirge actually came about um, because of Good Friday. That Friday, this Good Friday, we remember, we take the time to remember the sacrifice that Christ made for us. Um, it's a time of repentance. Um, it's a time of remembering, and it's a time of prayer. So um, we're going to go with that this evening. And if you have your Bibles, uh, you can go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Let's pray before we dive into this. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And this evening, as we take this time to remember the sacrifice that your son made for us, it is overwhelming that the creator would allow his creation to kill him. What kind of love is that? God, we pray that you would deepen our understanding of that, that your Holy Spirit would do the work of conviction. God, that you would grant us repentance as we come before you, the Holy One, the Perfect One, our Savior, our God, our King. We worship you. In your name we pray, amen. Sin. Sin wreaks havoc on the world. Sin infects every aspect of human existence, and it works its evil in leaders, followers, sinners, and saints. No one is exempt from its wicked touch. Sin entered a world where creation was in right relationship with the Creator, and it tore apart that peace, that interconnectedness. All have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all need saving from sin. Sin doesn't see the color of your skin, your age, or your station in life. Sin doesn't play favorites. We all come into this world with a tendency, a leaning away from God. We all need forgiveness. And we all, every one of us, need to repent. Sin was such a great problem that God would do something so drastic, so incredible, so mind-boggling that some may even think it reckless. Looking at it with human eyes, with limited understanding, it makes no sense. Why? Why would God do such a thing, pay such a cost? God would send his only son to die for people who were his enemy, who had turned their backs on him, who had betrayed him and lied about him. We said crucify him. A people bent towards sin. God would send Jesus to invade the human experience. Why? Why would God do such a thing, pay such a cost? He did it so that Jesus would do what no one else could do. 
conquer sin. Defeat sin. The cost of this plan was great. In fact, it's the greatest cost anyone has ever paid. This Good Friday evening, we look into some of the cost that Jesus paid for you and me. Matthew 26, 47 through 50. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came and laid hands on him and seized Jesus. You see, Jesus was betrayed by one he trusted. One who had walked with him for three years and witnessed his miracles, slept beside him, ate with him, took care of his finances. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. We love a God, we serve a God who is acquainted with grief, sorrow, and pain. He knows betrayal. His heart was broken with one kiss. God knows betrayal. This is not the first time those who said they were friends of God would turn their back and betray him. The Israelites did it all the time. Over and over again, they turned from a God who made a covenant, a promise with them that he would be their God, they would be his people. But they would turn their back. And this is not the last time Jesus would be betrayed. He, he knew we, we the church, would choose selfish things above him. We would choose disobedience over obedience. We would choose the easy way. We need to repent. Every day we make choices we think thoughts, and we act out sinfully. The Christian life is a life of repentance. If there's one thing I jokingly say, if there's one thing we should be professionals at, it's repenting. We should be all be professional repenters. Now, as God sanctifies us or, or changes us as, as we repent, we should repent less and less. We should repent for different things as God grows us closer to him and, and works his will and his way in our hearts and in our lives. There's different things that each of us face that pull at us and draw at us and, and take our eyes away from the one who is calling us and saving us. It's wild things that did not offend our spirits two years ago, now make us question, should I be watching this? Should I be thinking this? Should I be saying this? Or should I be doing this? This is the divine work of God the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. One of the works of the Holy Spirit is to bring conviction of sin. So, God, we pray now conviction of sin. Bring your sweet conviction Open our eyes to when we turn from you to worldly things. Purify our hearts, O oh God. Renew a right spirit in us. Pray with me, if you will. 
Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. O God, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done evil and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. The bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Jesus knew betrayal. And he knew what being abandoned and denied was like. In verses 69 through 75 of Matthew 26. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. And a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And he went out to, to the entrance. Another servant girl saw him. And she said to the bystanders, This man was was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately... The rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Jesus was denied by one he loved. Peter denied even knowing Jesus three times. Not once, not twice. But three times, at one point, Jesus had hundreds of followers. Everyone, we, we talked about it last Sunday. They, he, he came into Jerusalem, Hosanna in the highest, son of David. Hosanna. But at this moment, at this moment, in this suffering, he would be alone. Peter felt the torment, grief, and conviction of this sinful choice, of this denial, of this self-preservation, this selfishness, this sin, and he wept bitterly. Oh, that we would weep bitterly over the sinful choices that, that deny our Christian position, that disobey God's commands, to know the depths of conviction of sin, the price that was paid, the sacrifice of the one who loved us so much. 
Tonight, we willfully dive deeply into the torrent that is our sinful thoughts and deeds. They've created a mess. And we look to our Savior on the cross, bearing all that we deserve. At the foot of the cross, we weep bitterly because it is our sin that held him there. But there is beauty in this misery. There is hope in this recompense. There is light cutting through this darkness because the more God reveals the cost of our sin, the more we are set free from it. To the extent that our hearts are broken by our sin, to that same extent we are set free from them. Asked in 1943 how it was possible for the church to sit back and let Hitler seize absolute power, Dietrich Bonhoeffer replied with this statement. It was the teaching of cheap grace. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Church discipline, communion without confession, absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ. We, we weep at the foot of the cross because we pray that God would, in his mercy, remind us the great cost of free grace. We weep at the foot of the cross. But that is not where we stay. Because Jesus still chose to die for sinners. Jesus died for you. He knew every failure, every weakness, every sinful thought, and every sinful deed. And he still chose to die for you and me. What kind of love is that? What kind of grace is that? Christian brothers and sisters, let us grieve our sin and the great cost that it bore. But let us rejoice in the grace so undeserved and free. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would invite you to put your trust in him. So many people think that maybe you've done so many terrible things, there's no way that God could love me. My life is such a wreck, such a mess. There's no way that Jesus could have died for me. I want you to know that God loves you. In fact, he loves you so much, that's why he sent Jesus to live the perfect life that we can't live and then die the sinner's death that you and I deserve. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, surrender your life to him. Put your trust in the person and work of Jesus Christ. If you do know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let this evening be an evening of repentance, an evening of remembrance. 
an evening of acknowledging the great mercy and grace in Jesus Christ. So often we go through this life and we take for granted the the forgiveness and mercy we have through Jesus. It's it's easy to to get caught up in the troubles of this world with our jobs, the nine to five, with our families and the different responsibilities that we have. and, and, And all of those are good things. All of those are good things. But we, we have that tendency to forget the great cost that was paid for the freedom that we have in Jesus. Tonight is such a great opportunity to take and remember and go to God for forgiveness. There's um, red sheets of paper in the, I think they're in the chair backs in front of you. What we wanted to do this evening is I wanted to give you a moment to to pray. And maybe there's something that you're dealing with in your life. Maybe there's there's a sin issue in your life that you've been praying through. Maybe there's something you're holding on to that that God's been working on and saying, hey, hey, uh, you need to let go of that. You're struggling through something. We want to take this time and write down what that is on that red sheet of paper And we're going to take those red sheets of paper. You can fold it up. And we have nails and hammers up here. And we're going to hammer those to the cross this evening. The bands are going to come out. They're going to play a song as we do this. But uh, before we jump into this, I want us to pray and seek the conviction of the Holy Spirit in this moment. That God would reveal any wicked way in us. That God would confront our pride. That we would be a humble people, a repentant people. And you know, the Good Friday service never doesn't end. You're going to stay here till Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. No. Good Friday service doesn't end. It ends on Sunday morning because there's a resurrection coming. So we're not going to actually end service. I'm not going to come up here and do a dismissal or anything like that. We're going to pray. You're going to write things on these red sheets of paper. And I'll direct you and dismiss you to come to the cross. But when you're done doing the nailing that on the cross, um, you are officially dismissed at that time. But remember, this is not into a service because we're coming back Sunday to celebrate the resurrection. Amen? Let's pray together. Have mercy on us, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. We pray that you would blot out our transgressions, that you would watch, wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sins. We confess right now we are transgressors. We have sinned, and it is, it is ever before us. We see it, we know it. And we thank you for that grace, that you open our eyes to our sin, that you reveal it to us because you love us too much to leave us like this. We confess against you and you only have we sinned. Lord, forgive us. Have mercy on us. God, I pray that you would change me, 
that you would change my mind and change my heart. Open my eyes to the depth, the breadth, the greatness of the cross. God, we proclaim here in this place and wherever we go, the gospel, the good news. But that good news came at such a great price. We worship you. We humble ourselves before you. And we say, come and have your way. Bring us high or bring us low. Give us much or give us little. We are yours, Father. Do with us what you will. We surrender to you. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. do is we'll start with the right side, my right side, it's the left side from the back, but when you're finished with those red sheets, you can make your way to the cross and nail those up, and once that side's done, we'll move to the middle and over to the left, but let's continue in worship as we go before the Lord. <laughs> 